0: Welcome to What the Duck, a podcast with real experts talking about direct spin challenges
1: and experiences. And now here's your host, SourceDay's very own manufacturing maven, Sarah Scudder. Thanks for joining me for What the Duck, another supply chain podcast brought to you by SourceDay. I'm your host, Sarah Scudder, and this is the podcast for people working in the direct materials part of supply chain. I'm at Sarah Scudder on LinkedIn and at Scutter on Twitter. If you are new to the show, make sure to follow this podcast so you don't miss any of our direct material supply chain content. Today, I'm going to be joined by Ed Ka, and we're going to discuss improving operational performance by applying lean continuous improvement programs across multiple sites. If you are a manufacturer struggling to improve operations, then this episode is for you. Ed leads the solutions division at CCI. We can see he's rocking his brand on his shirt, so the the marketer in me appreciates people who are on brand. And his company combines digital solutions and advisory services to transform business performance. With a career spanning almost 30 years in operations in consumer goods and beverage industries, Ed has either run operations or led manufacturing transformations in Africa, Europe, Latin America, US, Australia, and China. So very, very global experience, which is something kind of unique and one of the reasons I asked it to come on the show. So Ed, welcome to the show. I think it is uh, almost dinner time, your time in London. I'm, I'm still in the morning here in Austin.
0: Well, thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm probably closer to beer time than than you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I should record these later in the day so we can share some wine or a cocktail or a beer during the show.
0: Absolutely.
1: So. Ed, we're going to go back in time. I like to tell people's kind of career journey and stories as a part of our interview, because I think that's really important. So you started your career at Unilever, and you were there for a few years in what I would describe as various operation roles. So let's start with why Unilever?
0: Okay, so when, uh, when I was, I, I um, grew up in South Africa, and uh, when I was looking at, at colleges Unilever, I was fortunate enough to get uh, a bursary with Unilever, so they sponsored part of my college fees, so that, that was uh, probably the primary reason for the choice at the time. Uh, but I think it was, a, in retrospect, it was really an excellent company at the start of my career. They had a very structured graduate program, uh, exposure to various parts of the supply chain through through the program, good technical and leadership development. And in Africa, the business was growing at the time. So um, we, were, we were expanding, the markets were growing. Uh, so it was an exciting time to be there.
1: What would you say has was the most important lesson learned if you had to kind of sum it up as to the one thing that you felt was more valuable than anything else from your time there?
0: I think probably uh, learning to lead uh, people. So in the the South Africa in the mid-1990s was uh, quite tough labor relations environment. Nelson Mandela had um, just come into into leadership in the country and just learning to um, lead with empathy, building engagement with people and credibility uh, was really vital to achieving goals in that environment. And uh, I think that was probably the biggest lesson through that period.
1: What was the best mistake you made while working at Unilever?
0: Seeing oh, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> uh, um, I think, I think uh, early on, realizing how little practical skills you know as a graduate, and I remember having a strip torn off me by a maintenance engineer for not being able to do uh, flow calculations in materials handling, uh, raw materials handling. So I learned very quickly to be more humble and use the expertise around me. Uh, to to make changes.
1: I, when I was, I went to school at Sonoma State University, which is a very small state school in California and wine country. And my favorite professor was a guy named Wally Quirk. I remember he was very quirky and had this big mustache that came out. But the reason I thought he was such a good professor is that he gave us real life Things to implement and work on when we were in college. So instead of studying for that multiple choice test or remembering how to spell something, it was more about here's a real life business scenario. How would you solve this? Or go build a company. And I wish more school was like that.
0: Yeah, that's so valuable. I think uh, I think that is um, so powerful.
1: So why would you leave Unilever? great company to work for uh lots of systems and processes in place but you decided to make a change
0: yes so i went uh, to sab miller uh, which was a global uh, brewing and and beverage company at the time so i, I moved from detergents to beer which uh, making detergents to making beer so uh, no but in uh, uh, SAB Miller was also recognised as a as a very strong company in South in South Africa at the time. It was um, great leadership. It was just beginning its global expansion, so uh, through through acquisition in Eastern Europe and then um, later with the Miller Brewing Company, um, hence the name. And I had an opportunity to run a um, run a factory, uh, a complete factory. So it was the largest soft drink bottling plant in Africa actually at the time, and and that was just a great opportunity to run a, a factory from end to end, um, from um, right from you know raw material intake through to um, warehousing and distribution. So uh, yeah, that was a, a really a really good opportunity to, that um, I had there.
1: So you mentioned uh, that you had the opportunity to run the plant end-to-end. This was at a company called SAB Miller, where you, again, stayed for several years and, and moved up pretty quickly in various roles. You ended up as the global director of supply development. What would you say are your most important accomplishments that you made as you were progressing your career there?
0: Well, I think uh, there's several, uh, several things. I, 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 SAB Miller was growing at the time. And uh, one of the things that I, um, that I took over as I moved into um, the the global um, business, uh, and we we moved across to London, was the Lean Operational Excellence Program for SAB Miller. And at that time, they had about 120 operations worldwide. made up of about 80 breweries, soft drinks plants, and and maltings. And we were really rolling this program out across those businesses. So when I when I joined, there was um, about half of them had this operational excellence program in place, and uh, really had the opportunity to expand that and roll that out to uh, the rest of the business. Uh, And it was it it really made a significant uh, impact on the on the business and on optimizing the supply chain performance, uh, to the point that I think the supply chain became a real competitive advantage for SAV Miller uh, in terms of the performance, the efficiencies, and the sustainability that was was gained. Along the way, um, an- another another. Um, uh i think important uh, aspect was that we st- standardized a set of performance kpis across the global business and that was a was a huge lever because we were able to show the correlation between um, performance and the maturity of the operational excellence practices so uh, that as um, as as you uh, improved your practices, became more mature, and, and got them better entrenched in your operation, your performance really did drive up. So that was um, that was an important lever for us.
1: So I, I wanna go back to the lean operational excellence that you mentioned uh, in a couple minutes, because that's really the focus and core of our conversation today. I think our listenership, which primarily works in supply chain for fall and, for small and mid-sized manufacturers can, can learn a, a lot from that. A couple other things that stood out to me that you worked on when you were at SAB Miller was you incorporated something called an industry 4.0 concept. What does this mean and, and why is this significant?
0: So industry 4.0 was, is uh, really a term I guess for uh, the uh, um, di- digitization of of the supply chain and w- it was really early days for us we were we were um, uh, experimenting and doing research in in this area uh, but essentially what we tried to do is to try and uh, with with um, digital technology connect machines across production processes so that we could surface um, information and, and data that enabled operators to make real-time decisions uh, on um, on things like quality, the, um, the performance of the line, uh, so that we were able to give that information into the hands of the operators. And through that, We then were able to develop digital tools for workflows for specific activities in uh, short interval control of of the equipment, in health and safety, for problem solving. And of course, this is much more advanced now, um, 10 years on. But it, it was it was quite an exciting time. To we ran a pilot first in a single brewery, and then um, we built designs for. We were still building breweries at that time, so we built designs um, for our future factory builds to incorporate this uh, industry for uh, concept and thinking into in, into the future way of of running factories.
1: Hmm. So it seems like it's a it's kind of about. Combining technology to help increase efficiency and increase operations.
0: That's yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yes. so to use technology, I think to to try and surface information across the supply chain and uh, and use that then to make make the right decisions in 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 real time and quickly.
1: The other thing yeah. that stood out to me as one of your accomplishments was you had, what you call a focus on sustainable operations what is this and why was this also significant
0: the sustainable operations for us really meant uh, looking at our impact on on the environment and uh, i think um for, there are a number of big um uh, elements that are consumed through making making beer and beverages, um, a, a lot of energy, water, um, and we operated in many water stressed areas in Africa, in Latin America, in India. So uh, water was always very prominent. Water usage was always very prominent on our agenda. And uh, what we what we started realizing is that that actually about 70 percent of the improvements in these areas came from strong management practices inside the factory. So um, good control of your operations, um, incremental problem solving, good measurement of of uh, the um, usage of energy and water. And uh, over, over a five-year period, we were able to halve our greenhouse gases from emissions on on-site operations and reduce water consumption by 25% uh, in four years. So that was, um, and, and that was an ongoing um, ongoing effort. There were also several other areas in sustainability that, that we looked at. One was engaging communities in um, sustainable crop production uh, for the crops that went into the, our, our products. So really helping uh, helping to develop them and supporting local farmers and and in fact taverners in running their business and running their um uh their, their licensed businesses.
1: Yeah, I think sustainability means th- very different things to different companies, so I think it's important to clarify and it seems like yours was very measurable, which I think is a struggle for a lot of manufacturers especially if they're smaller mid size
0: Yeah, that's a great point and uh, and, and we found that actually our first step was putting in the measurement was getting the right measurement in place to to understand where we were.
1: yeah, it's more yeah. of just well, this feels good or this feels right, but here's actually what we're accomplishing, and here's the impact to yeah. the company
0: absolutely absolutely uh, and uh, and if you can report that uh, as well, that also just creates great momentum in the in the business mm-hmm.
1: So, I want to go back to something you talked about as that you worked on when you took this role at SAB Miller, and that's around lean operational excellence. So, I'd like to have you start by describing for our listeners what this means.
0: Cool. Okay. So, lean operational excellence is uh, really a focus on If we think of the major levers in the supply chain, the focus on customer, cash and inventories, cost and sustainability, Um, The environmental impact often we we think that we need to trade off these areas and and improve one at the expense of other, but I think uh, what lean operational excellence really tries to do is to take a holistic approach and say uh, through um, systemic methodology, you can actually improve all of those areas simultaneously so improve customer service improve speed to customer reduce your supply chain inventories reduce cost and build more sustainable supply chains so it's uh, lean operational excellence is a a a series of uh, practices and methodologies to um, help improve performance really
1: what are what are some of the cons if 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 I'm listening to this and thinking this is something that I may want to tackle what should I be aware of
0: Yeah I think that's a that's a, a great call out so probably one of the biggest ones is is that to recognize that it isn't a project that it needs to be treated as a transformation program and um, and and it's it's not a quick fix, so it's not something that can be done in six or twelve months. Uh, it should be something that's Im- embarked upon with, um, you know, in in mind that we we're we're in for the the long term to Im- improve uh, performance systemically across the business. So, I think that is um, that is uh, perhaps one of the cons that, that it's it can be treated as just a program. Um, without the right level of engagement.
1: How do you stand up a lean excellence program? If this is something that a manufacturer has no framework or no foundation for, where should someone start?
0: So, so one, one should always start with, the, with leadership and um, it should be treated as any transformation program. So, for the leadership team to develop a clear vision of the future, well articulated in terms of the performance they'd like to achieve, uh, what, the, what the future would look like, what the behaviors they would like to see in the business from, from people, um, and what are, their, what are their big ambition and goals? Because that really helps to provide the the energy and and vision for the program, and then uh, uh, lean operational excellence is is really about learning by doing. So. Uh, there is uh, some training uh, training involved in in some of the basic methodologies but quite quickly we'd like to get people involved in actually solving problems identifying the problems in their area working on solving them and um, and incrementally making improvements so a lot of the improvement is driven from uh, from the front line uh, but it does need to be guided uh, by by leadership with that with that strong vision of good coaches
1: kind of the same with any digital transformation project you have to have buy-in at the top or it's very very hard for it to be successful
0: yes yeah yeah absolutely
1: how do you measure success so let's say we are i'm all in i go ahead and build a foundation and i i launch a lean operational excellence program what should i be measuring and how do i know if it's successful
0: well we i mean i believe we should really be measuring the 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 business performance measures that that you would uh, usually measure in the supply chain because at the end of the day that's that's really what you want to improve so is it if it's your customer service if it's the quality um, if it's the reliability of your factories if it's um, uh, you know your inventory levels, so so those um, hard numbers are, are are the things that you want to measure, and I think what's also important though to measure is maybe some of the um, some of the softer aspects, that, um, the level of engagement from people, the um, the, uh, the The degree to which people are learning new skills, uh, the positive behaviors that you're seeing in your in your teams, in your workforce, in your frontline staff.
1: Is there a time when I should avoid rolling out a lean operational excellence program altogether? Like, is there a manufacturing facility or company where it may not be a good fit?
0: I think it's uh, I think it's probably um, fairly br- broadly applicable. Uh, the the things that the times where it may be um, good to avoid or wait is if you've got um, maybe um, high instability in the workforce or um, the a lot of change in the leadership team. Um, I think you'd want that to settle to settle down first before you um, before you you go for it. Or sometimes you've got major changes in in the um, in the factory or in the supply chain, um, whether you're expanding or building a new factory, and um, and that uh, and those sort of changes can be quite disruptive.
1: Would you say that lean operational excellence programs make sense for small and mid-sized manufacturers or have you primarily seen it with larger organizations?
0: No, it, it would make sense for small and medium uh, manufacturers. Um, and, and um, you, you know, we've worked in all size um, organ, organizations and uh, there, there is a degree, I think, of, of tailoring that probably that's necessary. Uh, but really the uh, the techniques and the methodology are applicable to to all sides of manufacturers and can have a real impact uh and uh, we've got some really great stories of of small and medium manufacturers who've who've uh, transformed the, their operations
1: so you just said we which is is kind of a nice transition into uh, the next part of our conversation, in that you made what I would call a pretty major career pivot, and you started your own independent consulting firm called Value Point. Why did you decide to make the transition from being a practitioner to being a consultant?
0: Well, I think I'd uh, um, I've been thinking about it for some time, and uh, you know, I had this, I had this opportunity to um to step out of the corporate world i wanted to give to give that a go and and um and 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 try um step out on my own uh, one of the um one of the major reasons i think was that uh, i i really uh, am passionate about this area i think uh, watching people um transform the way that they work is can be re- very rewarding so I uh, I I decided to step out on my own, formed a formed a company, and um, worked with various clients. I mean, uh, in some cases, doing um, operational due diligence for so assisting private equity firms when they were investing or expanding um, as, as smaller businesses, and um, and really trying to bring the experience of. What we've done in in big organizations and uh, the learning through deployments across multiple geographies in different cultures to um, to to organizations across uh, across Europe primarily.
1: And when you had your consulting firm, what value did you provide to your clients? And the reason I'm asking that is I feel like consulting is very it it's almost a saturated crowded market there's lots and lots of supply chain consultants
0: yeah i think i think you're right and i i um i, um, I hope that i would have brought um a perspective of uh, that um global insight of having uh, implemented across multiple cultures. I think there was um, there was quite a lot of learning around uh, being doing this across different um, cultures and different parts of the world that saw uh, different paces, different um, different levers that were uh, that were um, applied and and different responses from different uh, organizations so i i I think i was um, able to bring some of that 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 richer experience into uh, into the uh the consulting environment Uh, and and i guess just some some practical experience from actually having done it uh, myself so
1: so you made Another pivot after you you had your own consulting firm, and well, I'll have you describe it a little bit more, but I, I think your company still is in the consulting space. Um, you are the chief Solutions officer for a company called Competitive Capabilities International. So what does your company do?
0: so uh, a little bit of the history is that um, i had a long relationship with uh, competitive capabilities international as a client so in in uh, both in unilever and in sab miller we had used them they uh, started out as a small um, uh, consulting firm in operational excellence area and uh, and Particularly in SAB Miller, uh, we had worked very collaboratively together with with CCI and helped um, develop their their solution. Subsequently, the business has really developed into a tech-enabled consulting firm. So we we have a a digital product that provides uh, all the step-by-step how-to guides on implementing a lean operational excellence program. So the idea really is that we we want to, in a sense, work ourselves out of a job. So we we have um, this, this technology-enabled um, solution, digital solution. Um, upfront, we provide some support and um, consulting support to get our clients going started on the journey started on the program but the idea is that over time we step away and they use they can run their own program using the digital solution so uh, uh that's 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 really the background and um i i think uh i i, th- I think having been a client for so long i think um, cci are fairly unique in this space and they have a long history in terms of the the actual uh, content that is developed on their um, on their digital solution.
1: Is it fair to say that you and your team are lean excellent program experts?
0: Yes, I think so. I think one of the other things that that CCI brings is that all of our um, consultants are. Um, you know, 100% uh, come out of industry. So, so they've all been um, working in factories, working in parts of the supply chain, running warehouse operations, distribution operations. So they've, they've been there, done that, and, and um, I guess have the battle scars to, uh, to show for it. So they're, they're able to bring a lot of practical um, expertise into our clients' businesses
1: mm-hmm since you have such a strong lean excellence program background and it's kind of the expertise of your company now helping organizations set up and run successful programs what sort of trends are you noticing this year that you think are important calling out today
0: yeah, it, it's interesting because it definitely is cha- uh, changing, and I think um, the, the digital is having a big impact in this in this area. One of the uh, one of the areas that we really see grow is um, connected worker solutions. Um, so these these digital solutions that are um, uh, similar to what we were trying to do with uh, industry four, but provide um, uh, data and information in the hands of frontline um, staff to make real-time decisions. And uh, these solutions are are very um, very sophisticated, but often very simple and and easy for um, for people to be able to uh, develop the develop the solution themselves. So there's there's uh, been a been a big growth in connected worker offerings so i think that's a trend and i think there's a continued focus on um, extending uh, into the supply chain so i think operational excellence probably started uh, very much in the factory Uh, but i think more and more there's a focus on on these um, these methodologies can be applied from um, you know, if, through from procurement, um, through planning and, and through uh, the extended supply chain and distribution and warehousing and so on.
1: Thank you for discussing improving operational performance by applying lean continuous improvement programs across multiple sites with me, Ed. Where would you like to send people to find you?
0: You can find me at Ed Koch on LinkedIn or uh, cci.com
1: if you missed anything you can check out our show notes you can find us by typing in what the duck another supply chain podcast in google to have optimal results make sure to add another supply chain podcast at the end of your search to ensure you don't miss a single episode make sure to follow this podcast and subscribe to us on youtube i'm at sarah scudder on linkedin and at scudder on twitter This brings us to the end of another episode of What the Duck, another supply chain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Scudder, and we'll be back next week.